Hi, and welcome to the Fem Factor podcast. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Laura and Dr. Nicole. This is a place for women just like you desiring to learn, be inspired, and find community. We'll be discussing everything from health, longevity, and aging, to mindset, high performance, and cycle syncing, to intuition and healing physically, emotionally, and spiritually. All from a lens that is based both upon the latest health research and feminine energetics. Blending equal parts scientific evidence and inner wisdom, we invite you to elevate your biology, empower your intuition, and embody your magic. Mixing, blending, alchemizing the science, because we are both doctors, the science of longevity, of health, of all of these important things that so many people are talking about, but also bringing in the intuitive part, the feminine energetics, the um, really the magic, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I, I was thinking about it a lot. Those three words, if you take them separately, elevate, empower, embody. I mean, I use those in my vocabulary on a day-to-day basis when I'm talking with clients, when I'm thinking about my own journey to wellness, to high performance, to personal development. So bringing those three concepts all together for women and looking at them through this lens of not just your health in terms of your your labs and your supplements, but what is true wellness? What does living a long, healthy life actually mean? What does it actually look like? And yes, we'll get into the science and the strategies of how to get there, but I'm really excited to bring in this whole other half of wellness, which is coming back home into who we are at our core and letting that voice out more and more. I think it's really, really easy in this health and wellness world to get caught up in the plan, right? And the plan can be really important. But I see a lot of women sacrificing who they are and how they really feel about things and basic core emotions like joy, like pleasure, like desire, putting those on the back burner in this pursuit of optimal health. So I know you and I are both passionate about bringing those things back to the forefront alongside the science. And that really is where the magic happens. So I'm really excited for this podcast. Um, I'm excited to share more about our stories in the future and then bringing in just an incredible lineup of guests talking on all of these different areas of what it really means to, to be a healthy woman in today's world. Yeah, a hundred percent. And what you, what you just mentioned, um, reminded me of something I was talking about with someone since you and I are both coaches. Um, it was all about like coaching the whole self or the whole you. And so as you work with your clients who are high performers and same with me, you know, sometimes there's such, and I include us, the both of us in this category, like we are so focused on our brain health or our productivity or, um, you know, maybe our, even our gut health, because a lot of times stress gets us to there. And then we, bombard ourselves with like activity trackers, um, apps, wearables, testing. And these are all 
really good and important. However, a lot of times they end up just being another get shit done and to-do list. And then it's like, if we can't cross those off, then an added stressor is brought onto our plate. And this is not what it's all about. So I feel like us being able to open this can, if you will, and really talk about things honestly, like, yes, you need to move your body. Yes, we need to take the supplements that are strategic. Yes, we want to be our most productive, high-performance human beings, and we are human, and sometimes we need to, you know, wrap ourselves in a blanket and drink some hot tea and sleep in. Like instead of getting up at five in the morning to go lift or do your yoga class, like sometimes we need to rest. And that I think comes into that second part of the empowering your intuition and what so many of us have kind of left behind because it's not as celebrated, if you will, or put as much importance on to the external world. And yet those are the things, the things we truly need deep down inside to get to in order to be our highest self, in order to be our most productive, in order to be the happiest that we can be. And then all of that adds up to a life well-lived with longevity as its byproduct. I'm I'm laughing when I'm listening to this conversation because one of the questions that I get asked most frequently by my clients, and honestly, I ask myself this a lot, is how can I rest more productively? Like, how can I just get more done while I'm resting? And it's there's so many nuances around this, right? But it's so difficult when you are a go-getter, when you are a high achiever to literally force yourself to slow down. I mean, that's the hardest thing for me. I know, like I really am not very good at it. And it's something that I've had to be very intentional about. And, you know, even when you're talking about the different wearables, I actually took the entire last year until recently off from wearing them because I really wanted to run this experiment of really what one of the core values of Fem Factor is all about is how do I come back into who I am and intuitively Mm -hmm start to tap into those cues after years of just pushing myself to get to the next level, to to get that feedback. And I'm not against those devices. I actually have my aura ring back on now. I love it. But now I, I've really reconnected to feeling that, that I can almost predict what's going to show up on my tech every morning. I can predict based on how I feel when I wake up, what it's going to tell me. And that was like a really lovely end of one experiment for me, um, just to kind of get myself out of that go, go, go mode where I'm just making all my decisions based on technology. And let's be honest, like as great as that tech is, some of it has its flaws. And the reality is the best marker of how I'm feeling, how I'm supporting myself, how I'm performing is how I feel every day. I know that I'm supporting my body when I wake up, I feel energized, excited, ready to take on my day, excuse me. And I know if I don't feel that way, I've been missing out on something. And then it's my job to take a look at, 
okay, how's my nutrition? How is my rest? Am I, am I giving myself what it needs? Am I supporting myself the way it needs? And unfortunately, I think a lot of us have gotten away from that for a variety of reasons, right? Whether it's all of the things that have been going on in our world, whether it's our kind of inherently disjointed healthcare system where like our, our health is plucked out and away from our body and turned into lab results and tests and kind of depersonalized a little bit, um, or really just the expectations put on women as we're kind of trying to come back into our own as every different facet of, of ourselves and, and saying, okay, well, yes, we can do it all, but what does that look like for us? Like, are we, are we really tapping into what it looks like for each of us? Or are we living by what society thinks we should be doing all the time? And that's really hard. There's a lot of unlearning, I think, going on. I know I've had to do a lot of unlearning as well um, to really take these steps into what I think is a a much more true version of wellness, what that actually looks like, one that is not based just on aesthetics and body fat percentage and Apple watch readings and all of that and bringing in all of those other joys of just being a human being into the picture. Yes. And you really hit something um, that, that made me think of a word and that word is trust Mm. and trusting, learning to trust what our body is saying, which for whatever reasons, just simply being a human, um, but especially in uh, if you identify as, if you are a woman, identify as a woman, like these roles that are put upon us, like you said, by society to not trust our bodies. Sometimes that's because of how we were brought up or raised, maybe culturally, religiously, perhaps we were assaulted, perhaps there's some other trauma there. And so we almost can feel betrayed perhaps by our bodies or our intuition. And so it's really coming back to building that trust with ourselves. And you um, said, and, and I say this a lot as well, is we all are an N equals one experiment. And so we are bombarded by so much information and a lot of it is good, but not all of it is applicable. And so finding out what sits in our system, in our bodies, in our minds, in our being, and then allowing that to kind of grow and to trust it more than anything else, more than what you know, the study with 10,000 people did more than your, your Apple watch more than um, your mom or your trainer or your coach. And this goes even for both you and I, I mean, when we sit down with our clients, we say, here's what the research says, or here's what I've found to be useful with a lot of people. However, if it's not like you got to try it on for size. And if it feels like a scratchy sweater, like rip that thing off and go get your cozy fleece instead, you know, but if it feels good, then wear it. And so I just, especially as um, I'm in my late forties, you know, our bodies start to change a lot and you're like, what is going on? Do Am I trusting this thing that I'm moving around in? You know, I feel a little betrayed by it. And um, it doesn't even have to be as we go into perimenopause or menopause, it can be throughout our entire lives. And so this really is going to be about 
how to come back home, like you said, how to tap back into ourselves. We're going to be interviewing others who are exceptionally incredible women that we can all learn from and that us as listeners can take or leave whatever they have done or not done to see how it fits into us becoming the it factor or the femme factor, like embodying that magic that we are. And I would say it does though, sometimes have to start with our biology, because if we don't feel good, it's hard to tap into our deeper self because pain, fatigue, exhaustion, stomach aches, whatever you add in, whatever your, you know, thing is physically, if we're not feeling well, a lot of times that is what takes up all our attention and energy and focus. And so that's always a really lovely place to start. And then once your body starts to feel good, it's easier. Um, our, Our bodies become more open to tap into that inner self, that inner voice, that intuition to then figure out what we want, what we desire, what we need, um, and, and go down that path. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a conundrum sometimes. And it's kind of like a chicken or egg scenario when it comes to the physical health, the biology, the biochemistry, and then, you know, that, that intuition, how we speak to ourselves, who we are. So, you know, it, you're right. You, you can't trust your gut when your gut's all messed up, right? You can't think right. You can't feel good if your brain is inflamed. So there's absolutely this biochemistry piece that's so important. And then we can also flip it. And I, I see this a lot with women is you can continue having physical symptoms if mentally and emotionally you're telling yourself this narrative about what's going to happen. So I'll for example, you know, just because so many women do deal with gut complaints, right? Bloating, digestion, IBS, nervous stomach, all these things. It's very possible that there's some biochemistry issues in the gut microbiome. There's inflammation. We're eating foods. We're not like that is absolutely part of the picture. And then there's this other nervous system piece where if you're constantly stressed, if you're constantly telling your body, oh my gosh, if I eat that, I'm going to get sick. Oh my gosh, I'm stressed. I have so much to do. My stomach's going to hurt. It, it It's like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy that that actually happens because your body listens to you. So, you know, when we're looking at the biology, when we're also looking at the intuition, two halves of the same whole that you, you kind of have to like hold hands between the two together. If you really want to achieve optimal health and wellness, if you just get one half, you may get some results, but when you combine both, that's when you really start to feel good and you understand how powerful your body is. You may need some help along the way with some healing interventions, but I, I think a lot of women underestimate the power of actually healing yourself through trusting yourself through doing these basic things like moving, like breathing, like positive self-talk, like not to sound all woo-woo and out there, but that is part of it. And it's a really important part of it um, that I think a lot of us as driven women can kind of just like bypass on our way to the big, shiny, fancy things. Um, I've definitely done that before. I'll be the first one to admit it, but that's also just 
you know, some of the the guests you spoke to that that we have lined up coming on, I think are really going to bring that full circle as we see not just health experts in different areas of women's health coming on, but entrepreneurial women who are community leaders, coaches who are coaching on your intuition, on pleasure, on tapping into who you are, you know, all of these different aspects of health that might not look like what a traditional doctor would talk to you about, but that are actually really, really important to have that sense of well-being, that true vitality in today's world. Yeah, exactly. And um, two things that made me think of is one, even though a lot of these things have been thought of in the past as, you know, woo-woo or Eastern philosophy, the evidence the research is finally catching up. So it's like these things, these philosophies, modalities, you know, you can think of like yoga or breath work or, um, you know, just different dancing, like ancient tribal things that were going on that have been done for millennia. And, you know, there was no evidence, but just what is that lack of evidence mean? Doesn't mean evidence is lacking lacking. I I forget there's a a research thing like that, but basically what it's saying is just because there isn't evidence doesn't mean it doesn't work. It's just that there hasn't been the funding or the uh, primary investigator who like decided to devote their funding to the, that in their lab. Um, And so now more and more we see the benefits of acupuncture, the benefits of eating certain ways, the benefits of certain supplements, the long-term benefits of things like breath work and meditation and all of these things. And so even though a lot of what we're going to be talking about on Fem Factor might seem more in the magical, intangible, mystic kind of world, and some of them will be for sure, um, a lot of them are actually now very much based in evidence, which is is so important. And um, I just want to throw in this one personal story recently about how powerful our bodies are and about this bi-directional relationship between our physical bodies and our mental or emotional bodies, you might say. And um, two weeks ago, Thanksgiving weekend, I had a something that happened that stressed me out and it was super upsetting. And I was supposed to start my period that weekend and I didn't. Right. And so all of a sudden, like now it's 10 days late, it's two weeks. I'm like, oh gosh, I do not want to be 47 and pregnant. That was not the case. And then I'm like, well, is this perimenopause? I like, could be. And you know, let me just give a little caveat for everyone listening. This is what we're going to be talking about. Like personal serious stuff that might be considered too much information for some of you, but others of you, I feel like you're going to be excited and welcoming a vulnerable, open conversation about these things. So anyways, caveat finished. Um, So then literally yesterday, I did what I had to do to address the situation, which was not comfortable and not easy and you know, all the things when you have to tell someone something and guess what? My period started. Yeah. So if that's not something coincidence, maybe, 
probably not. You know, like this is just another incident, which I'm sure all of us could, you know, share um, if we look back on how our bodies like are right in sync, our physicality is right in sync with our emotionality and those go both ways. And so how do we tap into the power of it? And then also how do we learn to like nurture both of them when they need them? Because sometimes it might be a bellyache because of something you're eating, but it might be a bellyache because you're not acknowledging a relationship that needs to be um, worked on or um, something in your job or something in, you know, past, past trauma from our younger selves. Like all of these things is are important to look at and not just, you know, how, how do we change our diet or how do we change our exercise to conform to whatever we think is our best living? So many good nuggets in there. Oh my gosh. First of all, I feel like at some point we're going to have to do an episode just with your research background and expertise, helping people understand what studies actually mean. Like mm-hmm. I on social media all the time, like, oh, well, the studies say, and it's like, oh, gosh, it's so much more complicated than Googling one study on the internet and like making these huge extrapolations, especially as women who are just so severely underrepresented in a lot of the literature out there. Um, It's changing, but it's still catching up, as you know. So definitely going to have to do that. Note to ourselves for for everybody listening. Um, Yeah, gosh, and that thank you for sharing that personal story, but those connections between emotions, between unaddressed stress in our life and, you know, the physical embodiment of that. I think so much women who feel anxious, women who feel angry, like, Mm -hmm. is that actually an anger thing or is it a liver thing? Or if you need detox support, is it a liver thing? Or is it just that you have a lot of anger that's like pent up that you're not releasing to a healthy outlet and it's manifesting and kind of that organ it's associated with, Um, which is why I'm, I'm really excited to hopefully get someone on to talk about those connections. I think emotional organ connections are really fascinating. Um, and I think a lot of women would like have a lot of fun really diving down that. I know I do. Whenever I start to feel anger, I'm like, am I actually angry or do I just need to like do a castor oil pack and love on my liver for a couple days? <laughs> I don't really, mm-hmm. um, maybe some of both we'll see, but, uh, I think, you know, just again, it comes back to that that reconnecting to what's actually going on inside, not just from a a biology standpoint, but also from who we are at our core. And they're just so interconnected that you you really cannot separate them out the way so many of us try to. Um, And honestly, it starts to make your wellness, your health, your self-care look a lot easier when you accept those connections. When you say, okay, let me, this feels weird and uncomfortable, but I'm, I'm just going to try to accept that these things are connected. Then you're not fighting that biology anymore. Then you're just allowing everything in and you realize, oh, actually my health isn't hard. It's, it's not hard to be healthy. I just have only been looking at a fraction of what contributes to it. And that's mm-hmm. why it's hard. It's like trying to do a 500 piece puzzle with only a hundred pieces. Like you're missing a lot of it. Um, so yeah. I'm excited. 
for that for a lot of people. Because if there's anything that I would love to see, it's for women to stop overcomplicating their health and self-care and <laughs> just being able to much more easily ask yourself, what do I need to do today for myself? And then go and do that versus trying to like sketch out the perfect wellness routine that is actually adding way more stress to your life than, than doing its original purpose. Exactly. And then because you probably can't finish that whole routine, then guess what? I'm not, I'm not good. I didn't do what I needed to. I'm not enough. This, and then all that self-talk starts coming back. And so then it just becomes another thing on our to-do list that we didn't get done. And instead of it feeling like ease and flow and just like a river and just think of like in nature, both of us are big nature people. And I just think of like a river flowing without much encumbered encumberment, like the obstacles, of course, are going to be some rocks, maybe a beaver's making a dam. So it's not that those obstacles aren't there, but the river makes its way through and just kind of tapping into that feminine energy water is. And this is some of our power of that femme factor is like, what is my flow? How do I become, how does my energy, my everyday activities, movement. And when I say everyday activities, I don't mean like physical activity or exercise. I mean, just the things we need to do in everyday life. How do those become more like the water and less like the boulders or the dam that's in the way? Um, And it takes work and it takes effort, but we know those of you listening aren't afraid of work and effort, but this is going to feel it's going to be an effort that feels easeful as opposed to banging your head against the wall, which I think a lot of us are most comfortable in doing, um, either literally or figuratively. But to not let that um, be our way anymore and instead to really embody that flow and ease. And that's that just feels really good right now. Does. And if if you're listening and you're like, oh God, they're talking about feminine energy. This is like not for me. I, I feel you because that definitely was me in my past life. Like when someone started talking about feminine energetics, I'm like, oh, I'm picturing pink and fluffy and like people dressed like a, a hippie and like there's nothing wrong with that. But like my very data-driven analytical mind is like, that is not me. I am like a get shit done kind of woman. Like I am going to achieve all the things um, and really I type aid myself right into a whole bunch of health crises in my twenties for, for having that <laughs> mentality. So learning to embrace the feminine energetics and learning what they actually were is something that the universe kind of forced on me by making me very ill first. <laughs> so I feel you, but my only ask is that if you're listening and feel uncomfortable, lean into that discomfort, be open to the concept that there may be you may be bringing your own bias into some of these things. And if you can let that drop and listen and figure out, okay, what is embracing my feminine or on the flip side, embracing the masculine, what does that mean for me? Because it might look different for each of you and that's okay. But I know as someone who's dealt with two autoimmune issues, who's dealt with burnout, like 
I do firmly believe that was not just a biology thing. That was also really this energetics and being stuck in one half of it, not looking at the other side, not allowing that into my life. And there's, of course, so many layers of that when we look at the different energetics, but that was a huge learning lesson for me. So I think a lot of driven women may feel that way. A lot of driven women are really tapped into their masculine energy and it's gotten them to move right up the ladder to success. But imagine if you embrace that other half, what that could open when it comes to your potential, like how much better it could feel, how much more aligned it could feel. Um, having started to experience that myself, it's a feeling that I would love for every woman to to experience at some point because it really is beautiful, a beautiful thing. Yeah, and it's 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 another skill to put or another tool to use in our toolbox because no matter how we identify as man, woman, male, female, however we identify, we all have both this masculine and feminine energy. However, we are living in a society that is heavily in the masculine. And so in order to survive, quote unquote, in order to climb the ladder, in order to make something of ourselves, you might say they're in academia or in business or however, wherever you're at, like it's almost as if you have to put away the feminine energy in order to be productive in the masculine way. And that is how it's been for decades, if not millennia. I've been reading this book on when like this happened more in the Roman and Greek times and, and antiquity and being comfortable, like you said, in bringing both into our world. And there's, we can use both to our advantage. We can know when to bring in more of one and less of the other. That's when we become truly powerful because then we're not leaving our tools on the table, you might say, and only picking up a hammer when we really need a screwdriver. And then wondering like, why won't this screw screw into the wall I have a hammer. It's my tool. It's a tool. And it's like, yeah, but it's the wrong tool. Like pick up the screwdriver and then everything goes so much easier or vice versa. If you have a screwdriver and you need to hammer in a nail, right? So everything in nature has this duality, dark, light, hot, cold, soft, hard, you know, and so masculine, feminine, these two things aren't as woo-woo as it seems, when we dig a little deeper, it actually makes so much sense. And this really, we see also in um, like Chinese medicine with the yin yang, um, all of these things, hot, cold, and which I already said, but, but tapping into those things and when needed is going to make someone, all of us more productive more balanced, balance. That's the word, even though I don't really like balance. Cause I don't think we can be completely balanced. We have like seasons more like it, but those seasons can be become balanced, right? That we're not always in a summer, you might say season or always in a winter season, but they shift and transform into each other. And so that's what we'll be talking about. We'll be bringing on a lot more guest experts on this um, and just how to how to bring these things into our life on a 
tangible level as opposed to an esoteric level. What a beautiful permission for women to start viewing all of these things as, oh gosh, I need work-life balance. I need to balance all these things as, oh, there's there's really just seasons where different things are going to be at a higher priority level than others for a season. And I still get to do all of the things I want. I get to embrace my career, motherhood, if, if that's for you, like all of these different things. And it's not that I'm trying to do all of them perfectly at the same time. It's embracing the kind of ebb and flow of that. And I, I do think that that's a, a reason for like a deeper rooted unhappiness and sense of dis-ease in a lot of women is that we're, we're trying to do everything perfectly at the same time. And I, I think it's the way we're looking at it and what we're asking of ourselves, like you said. And it's a topic that I know we're both really passionate about and I can't wait to dive into on this podcast through you know, this lens of health and wellness and what does optimal living actually look like. And um, yeah, I know that was something we talked about a lot when we were in Sedona. So should probably share that story. You know, Nicole mentioned we have a love of nature. Fem Factor was actually birthed in a personal retreat we went on in Sedona, Arizona, where we spent three days just hiking in nature and doing all sorts of human design and energy readings and everything else you could imagine to make sure we were a good fit to go down this journey together. And a lot of what we've been talking about was really inspired on you know, these long hikes, looking at nature. I have all of these videos we took of like water running under frozen ice. And it was just like this really beautiful physical, um, you know, physical visualization of all of these things we were talking about. So definitely be prepared for more nature and woo-woo talk. But as I saw recently on social media, someone quoted neuroscience is the new woo-woo-woo. And I, I loved that because I really do think the the research field of neuroscience is, like we mentioned earlier, bringing that desire to have evidence-based strategies to all of these concepts that were formerly considered woo-woo or esoteric or things like that. So that's all going to be really fun stuff to, to continue in these conversations too. This has had a lot of thought put into it and a lot of heart put into it. Um, And when I say this, I'm referring to this podcast, this new concept of Femme Factor. Um, And it did not just happen by chance, but it was so serendipitous on how so many things fell into place. And um, Laura and I love to talk about these things. So we really are just hoping you want to come along for the ride because we love to talk to others too. So first and foremost, I have a coach. She says, you know, you do things for me, for you, for us. So I feel like this is for me. And then this is for you listening. And then it's for all of us because this being able to take time and talk about these things and let them sink in and prioritize our health and not just to talk to talk, but to share and grow and transform. Because let's face it, there's thousands, maybe millions at this point of podcasts, of Instagram accounts where you can get so much information and a lot of it is good, but... If you are ready to have 
a fun time, an open, honest conversation with two women who are heavily educated and don't just get the wool pulled over our eyes by, um, well, studies say, or anything like this, then this is really the place for you to be. And we are so honored to have you here with us because for us, it is about the science and the evidence. And it also is about tapping into our higher selves to constantly be growing and evolving until our last breath, really. And what this all comes down to is our longevity. And, you know, where do we want to be when we're 103? Like, this is my wish is I'm 103, just finished a walk in the mountains, preferably in the Alps, had a really lovely dinner and like, just don't wake up the next day. Right. And when I'm that little old lady, um, looking back on my life and being like, yeah, this was it. I did the best I could do. I was able to share it with others um, in a way that was hopefully impactful. And that's that's what I see Fem Factor podcast and whatever other creations come from it being like something when I look back on in 50 years and thinking this this was a fantastic, fantastic thing that we did. I feel that so, so deeply. And something that I was actually journaling about this morning is, look, I, I am someone who loves all of the labs and the biohacking tools and seeing how I can just make my body work as efficiently and feel as good as possible. But when I am at the end of my my life looking back, I don't want to be remembered as the person who did the most cold plunges and stacked the most biohacks and ate the strictest diet and, you know, was the lowest body weight for the longest amount of years. Like while some of those things are things I will do, I do love a good cold plunge. I want to be remembered as someone that really like lived life fully. That was a joy to be around that provided value that, had amazing conversations with humans in all different parts of the world. You know, I don't want to be the person that was afraid to go have a long Italian dinner with pasta and wine because it would mess up my ketone levels. Right. So it's, it's really like, how do I use these tools? But this is how I really want to live my life. And when we're talking about longevity, my hope for all of you is that yes, of course, you're going to take away some science and some strategies to help you. But I hope that you stopped thinking about your life in terms of your lifespan and start thinking about your health span. And by Mm -hmm. that, I mean, how long are you going to live doing the things you love? Because someone can live until they're 80 or 90 and be bedridden for a lot of that if they're not optimizing their health. And to me, that's not something I want for myself. Like Nicole, I want to be moving my body and enjoying this world till my last day here on the planet. That's the health span, right? Not just the years, but how we spend them. So I hope that you also take away from this podcast, some bigger questions to ask yourself about your health, about how you want to live your life, about how to look at all of the different beautiful moving parts and pieces and how to fit them together in a way that makes you feel really good so that you can look back someday down the road and say, yeah, I I did that right. I did that in a way that felt really good for me. Ah, that feels so good. I have chills. (laughs) Well, 
I think this was a great first episode of Femme Factor. And like I said, I just am so excited for this to unfold and for us to be able to bring in so many incredible um, people and together to impact people's health, to um, enjoy our own time together as well, and really just have fun and explore and be curious. That's my word. I don't know if you ever do words um, for the year, but one of them for me is curiosity for 2023. And I feel like this is going to just be able to facilitate that so much. And so I encourage everyone who's going to join us on this journey to listen with curiosity, reach out. Um, If there's any topics in particular you want to learn more about, we would love to hear that. And let's go. Andiamo. (laughs) This podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. It should not be considered medical advice and or treatment. Although we are both doctors, we are not medical doctors or your medical doctor. What has been discussed should not take the place of your personal medical professional's advice, treatment, diagnosis, or care. If you love this podcast as much as we do, please take the time to subscribe, share, rate, and review. And we'd love if you would follow us over on Instagram. Our handles are at dr.lauradecessoris and at Dr. Nicole Marcioni, or you can just click on the links in our show notes.